going on, everybody? Welcome, 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 welcome into the Bell Ringer podcast hosted by Sixers Wire of USA Today Sports Media Group. I'm your host, the editor of the Sixers Wire site, Kai Carlin, and I got my guy with me over from DraftKings, Nick Fryer. Nick, how are you today on this uh, this fine Tuesday morning? I guess you say Tuesday afternoon now uh, in June. I'm good because so far my prediction for this series is still in play, even with Embiid uh, you know, being out there the entire time so far. Yeah, it is in play, man. I mean, listen, Joel Embiid, I mean, he's been absolutely dominant in this series, but he's had one clunker that was just like, wow, this is this is concerning, like if you're a Sixers fan. Um, so listen, so we're, we are recording this on, Tuesday, on a Tuesday, June 15th, between game four and game five. So, Nick, we're four games into this series, right? Mm-hmm. We're four games into this series, and honestly, it's just it, – it, I see shades of 2019 a little bit. And he, and yeah. here's and here's why, you know. Um, they lost game one of this series, just as they lost game one in 2019. They won game two and game three of this series, just as they did in 2019. They then had a chance to go up three games to one, just as they did in 2019. And they blew it, absolutely blew it. And it's a 2-2 series. And a, and a one common den- denominator is the fact that Joel Embiid is hobbled and he struggled in the game four loss, just as he did in 2019. So what you're telling me is the Hawks are going to be the 2021 NBA champions. Of course. Yes. Of course. <laughs> just like everybody predicted, you know, coming into this season. But yeah, it, I predicted. I don't, I, I don't blame. So in the end, what you're saying is Sixers fans should be a little bit worried. At the end they, of absolutely, they absolutely should. It's just like, and here's why though, Nick, I mean, game four, you have an 18 point lead. You're up on a young Hawks team who is very talented. Like I, I warned people before this series started. I mean, the Hawks are a good team. It, Sixers should win. There's no doubt. Oh, about yeah. it. Absolutely. But, but, but the Hawks are, are a good team. You know, it's not like the Hawks are, are the Washington wizards. You know, this is a, this is a good squad here. Mm-hmm. And but the fact that Philadelphia had him down 18 and they weren't able to close it out and Joel Embiid shoots 0 for 12 from the field in the second half. Um, and Ben Simmons takes one shot. He takes one shot after halftime. He made it good for him. He scored three <laughs> points. He made the shot, but the fact that he, and then he went one for two from the foul line in the, uh, the second half. But the fact that you're the other half of your all-star duo can't step up when the main guy of that all-star duo is struggling, that like again, that's shades of 2019 mm-hmm. and the failures of that postseason run. The fact that Ben is not stepping up when the time calls for it. Look, I know that you're like kind of surprised by it, and you are you know obviously right there at these games all the time and watch them every single second of every single game, but and I don't get me wrong. It's not like I don't watch the Sixers plenty, but like some of this stuff doesn't surprise me. Like I think it does you like you, I know you respect Ben Simmons. And of course, defensively, he's a great player. But when we talk about, I know that we're kind of talking apples to oranges here because of the, the positions they are and their size and everything, but Rudy Gobert and Ben Simmons, Rudy Gobert is defensive player of the year, what three times running. And he's obviously, I mean, he still does stuff on the offensive end, but we don't look at him and say, oh, this is a guy who's going to go and change the game. Yeah, he's going to make a difference on the defensive end. And he helps everybody out by what he does. 
but he's not going to like, if you need him to step up offensively, he's not going to do that. And with Gobert, it's not so much of a to do or a, a complaint point. I think for uh, a lot of people, just because like, that's just not what Rudy Gobert is. Like, he'll get you 15 sometimes. Um, I, I don't even know his average off the top of my head, but like, he's, he's fine. Like he's, he's not like going to go knock your socks off, you know, what seven out of 10 nights, but Ben Simmons, it's the same fucking thing. Seriously. I mean, I get he's more diverse defensively. I will give him that. Um, but still, dude, like, it's just this shit makes sense to me. It really does because he just, he's like, Embiid is the lifeblood of this team. And Simmons is, it's just the step from your number one guy to your number two guy. It feels like it's too much. It's, it's, and it's becoming apparent in this series. Yeah. And it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that Joel is just, de- and, and listen, Joel's dealing with a, a torn meniscus. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like in his right knee. So you have to kind of give the big fella a little bit of a break here, especially thousand percent. As, 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 I, he, if they lose this series, I don't put any, uh, seriously, I don't put any blame on Embiid. He's trying to do everything he can and you, you can't win this. I, I guess I do. They can't win this series without him. Yeah. They're not, they're not going to be able to. And I mean, listen, just the thing is, though, he was just, he was so dominant the first two games, really the first three games, uh, even in game one, when they lost, he had 39 and nine. He followed that up by going off for 40 and 13 in game two. And then in game three on the road, he delivered a near triple double of 27, nine and eight. Uh, he just so then happened to just absolutely struggle uh, in game four on Monday. And beat after the game did mention that the knee is bothering him. He did leave the game in the first half. He went to the locker room. He went to the locker room in the first half. Um, Doc then said that, you know, he's not really sure what it was, but Joel then came out and said, like, listen, the knee is bothering me. I'm not going to be hundred percent until the summer. Which again, it makes sense. He has a small meniscus tear, you know, in his knee. That that's hard for anybody to play mm-hmm. on, let alone, let alone a guy who's seven feet tall. So it's one of those things to where you have to kind of look at other guys to step up. I feel like Seth Curry played really well in Game Four. He had seventeen. But here's the thing, though, and again, I feel like this kind of trickles back to Ben. Seth shot three for five from deep in the first half. You know. Second half, he did not attempt a three-pointer until I think there was less than five minutes left in the game. And that kind of falls on Ben a little bit just because he is the point guard of this team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Philadelphia also only had seven assists in the second half of game four compared to having 16 in the first half. So it's just, again, like, like just because Joel's struggling, like Ben, at some point you have got to kind of take things over. You got to score not only for yourself and it's a lot of responsibility because I mean, hell he's defending Trey young as well, but I mean, you, you're the second, you're the other half of this all-star duo. This is the responsibility that you have. You need to step up to do something. You want, you're, you're supposed to be a superstar in this league. You're, you're kind of supposed to be able to do a bit of both. That is your game. And you're just, not doing the second half of it. And it is, it's mind blowing. Like Doc Rivers, we talked about this. I feel like it was midway through the season or even earlier in the season, something. I mean, I could have even been the beginning where he's, he had said to you guys at a press conference where he's kind of, he's trying to let Joel be Joel and be not trying to make him what everybody wants him to be, make him what he's good at and, and try and maximize on all of those different things, which is growth from what Brett Brown had been doing and, and everything else beforehand. And that's great that he did that with him what the fuck's going on with, with Ben Simmons and why has that same growth not happened? And also at the same time, I get, look, if the, if the, the obviously look at what's happening with the Nets, right? They're, they're seeing guys drop left and right now. It looks like Harden might be coming back. Gets updated from doubtful to questionable now ahead of game two. Like they, they if you lose though, a certain amount of those guys, you are, you're screwed. 
If you are the Celtics, you lose Jason Tatum. You're you're done. You lose the Lakers. You're, sorry, you're, you're you are the Lakers. You lose Anthony Davis or LeBron. You're toast. The Sixers are toast without Embiid. But I feel like we should. You feel like it shouldn't be that way. Though. It shouldn't be that. I took the words right out of my mouth. With Ben Simmons, you you like the the people who think that highly of Ben Simmons. In the way everybody talks about him, you would think it wouldn't be the case against the Atlanta Hawks. We're not talking about them playing the Bucks. Totally different circumstance. But the Atlanta Hawks, it's a little odd because Tobias Harris obviously does his thing, and you can trust him for the most part. And then you have the other role players that can, but but you need that star still. And Simmons is not that. Right yeah, just, and it's it's really confusing, Nick, because in the second half of Game Three, he scored fourteen points just in the second half alone of Game Three. And he made it look so easy getting to the basket, finishing over a guy like Clint Capella, you know, basically posting up Trey young as a six ten point guard should and destroying him. And then in the second half of game four, Joel is struggling. Uh, the ball, the ball isn't hopping around. It's not moving. And again, the ball movement comes down specifically to Ben because he, as mentioned, he is the point guard of this team. He's the leader he's going to have to be the one that is going to have to get everybody involved. And I understand that, you know, that's kind of, excuse me, that's a lot to ask of your point guard, but at the end of the day, he also is supposed to be the other half of your all-star duo. And that is the responsibility you take on as the other half of that all-star duo. Like, Mm -hmm. like Ben needs, he's got to just, when the opportunity presents itself, right? Here's how I kind of view it, Nick. Joel's out, or he wasn't out, but he's struggling, clearly struggling, clearly hurt. Uh, you have an opportunity to take a 3-1 stranglehold on this series. And your other, the other half of your all-star duo is not able to kind of step up, take the game by the horns, and just really kind of lead the way. That, that's, a, that, that's a wasted opportunity. It is a huge, just wasted opportunity. And, and Ben does so many other good things on the floor, so it's kind of like – you, you know, you, you try not to just kind of focus on this one bad thing that he can't do, but just it's so glaring. Well, it see, is- but the thing is, it's not that he we talk about things he can't do. Like we're talking about being a three point shooter. He, he legitimately cannot do that. It's just at least to this point in his career, it's been long enough where it's like he can't do it. Right. 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 You talk about where he goes and scores with it was 13, 14 points and a half. And he's right. doing all the things he should be doing. Then it's not a it's not a thing he can't do. Look, I don't think I am not going to go out and expect that Ben Simmons is going to be um, the guy who like yeah he can set the tone kind of for, uh, from a point guard standpoint, but he's just he's not going to do it like Embiid's going to do it. There's just no there's no two ways about it. it he's, it's a different type of player, different caliber of player on that end of the floor. But when you need to have him do it every once in a while. I feel like that's not unrealistic to ask based on look, some of the stuff that we've even seen here and he, he, but he can't do it consistently. It's just, and that's where it's frustrating in for, for Sixers fans. I got to imagine. And then when you look at the Hawks too, you talk about putting them away. This is a team that like, they're, they're too young to know any better. So you go and get a three, one lead on them. Yeah. They may give up there, but they go tie it two two now. Uh, I feel, I feel like that, like you're playing in dangerous waters right now. Yeah, because you're giving because you're giving the Hawks uh, confidence. Yeah, like, like like you're giving them confidence that like you know maybe they can get this done. And and listen, I still believe the Sixers win this series. I'm like like all that talk of 2019 I mentioned in the beginning. Like like I mean the the uh, the similarities are clearly there. 
But I just, I just, I do believe the Sixers, they, they win this series. I really do. But in terms of their championship hopes, in terms of how, succeeding to where they want to go, that is going to hinge all on Joel Embiid. Yep. And the fact that he admitted that the knee is bothering him and he just, he's coming off a half where he shot 0 for 12 and he admitted that, you know, he's not going to be 100% until the summer, well, until this season's over because technically this is the summer at this point. Right. It's just it's, it's at a point where if you're a Sixers fan, there, there are a lot of concerns, you know, moving forward right now, especially when you consider, Nick, Atlanta shot – 10 for 34 i think it was from deep in game four and the only shot like 36 percent like as a team yeah and they and still were able to beat you it's and it sucks for for philly too because it's like with what's going on with brooklyn right now i know harden's coming back off the hamstring thing and i respect like he's trying to come back and i respect that he's trying to do it ahead of time i don't think uh, when you're talking hamstring injury, I don't question guys when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I know I've been, I've been critical of Harden in the past, but he went through in my, like, I liked him when he was an OKC at first, then what happened in Houston, I wasn't a huge fan just from start to finish, but what he did in Brooklyn and, and has done when he's been healthy, he's, you know, being the guy that I thought he would be, I know he still pounds the ball on the ground a ton, but I still feel like he moves the ball better than he ever has. Um, and you know, it helps with the personnel that he's dealing with. That team is stacked, but What's going on with them now with the injuries? We don't know what's going to happen with Kyrie, how long he's going to be out for. The, the Bucks could somehow steal this thing. Like if Harden's not like 80% himself, they could they could steal that series. And then with Embi- if Embiid was healthy, then I take the Sixers in that series against the Bucks too. But this he said it, he's going to be a problem for him the whole way forward. And it's a, it's a menis- meniscus thing. And that is, you know, hamstrings are tricky. Meniscus, that's freaking brutal. That changes a player. I mean, it can change a player over the course of their career. So like... It, it, it's been like the perfect storm in the worst way for the Sixers fans. Exactly. And I mean, listen, I, like I said, I think Philadelphia wins this series, but it's not going to be a cakewalk. Um, I think even the win in game two and even the win in game three, I thought were, you know, like, like those were kind of tough, harder and wins. And a big reason why they were able to win game two and game three was because Simmons did a hell of a job against Trey Young, did a hell of a job against Trey Young. And really ever since game one, um, he sucked in the second half of game four against him, but everybody sucked in the second half of game four uh, of, of that loss on Monday. Like the, the thing is, is just like if Joel's on a hundred percent and he's having games like this against Clint Capella, you know, imagine what he's going to do against, you know, a, an even just as even good of a defender in, in Brooke Lopez. Let's, let's say if, if it's the bucks, Um like Embiid will kill anybody, like like if he's eighty percent yeah. or whatever. But I mean, lo- like Lopez is a very good shot blocker, and then on the other end, he shoots threes and takes you out the paint. And just like it's like the Bucks are definitely a tough matchup problem as well. And 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 then you mentioned Brooklyn. I know Harden, as you mentioned, he's trying to come back for Game Five. I mean, again, much much power, much credit to him. But my thing is, as long as long as the Nets have Harden against Philadelphia, I, I think the Nets beat them. As long as they have Harden and Durant or Harden and Irving, they're, they're going to beat Philadelphia because of all the good things Harden does. So, so wait, what if it was Irving and Durant, though? Would you feel still they would win or no? If it was Irving and Durant, I probably would still lean more towards Brooklyn, but okay. it would probably be more of a toss-up, and I could see Philly winning. I'm surprised that you feel that way, like that way about Harden versus Durant, because I think as long as you have Durant, 
with one of those guys, then you're fine. But if it's just, if it's just any one of those players, you're, you're, you're screwed, especially if it's Kyrie, most of all, but, uh, but look, like going back to game four and everything with, with the Sixers, it's a brutal, it's, like this just shows how much of a better team the Sixers are. They, it was a brutal half and they still only lost by three freaking points. Right. It was a they, brutal half. They are like the Sixers are strictly getting like as much as the Simmons stuff is frustrating. They are getting screwed by bad luck. That is all yeah. it comes down to. If Embiid is healthy, this series, I don't even know if it's a gentleman's streak. It might be fucking over. Like if he's healthy, that's and that was my case at the start of this whole thing. It's just he's he's dealing with a meniscus problem, and now we know it's bugging him. So it's just a matter of is it gonna can it get worse? Because if he can't if he can't manage it, then they they can lose this series. And honestly, dude, like if it can't if it can't feel like you know off and on every other night, where like some nights it's not really bothering him at all, and then other nights, yeah, okay, it's a big issue. Then I don't see them getting out of the East at all, even if the Nets somehow get screwed by the injury bug even worse. It's, it's just, well, if the Nets somehow win the series and then they were without Harden and Irving, then I would take the Sixers. Then that yeah. would, if, if, if Embiid is able to play at even 75%, then I, like just one of those Brooklyn stars, then the Sixers could win that series. But that's still, that's a huge if. No, it's, it's, spot. listen, it, it's a, it's a huge if. I mean, like, like the Sixers right now, we're just in a weird spot and, you know, you just kind of mentioned the one bad half in game four. Like, like let's even go back to the one bad half in game one. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, they were down 26, you know, in the first half of game one. And they rallied and they were only down by two with like a, with like 50 seconds left uh, before the Hawks were able to, to close out a game one win finally. So, like, Philadelphia really has only been bad for two halves out of eight through, through, through these four games. Philadelphia has dominated the other six halves. Yet we have a 2-2 series because those two halves have just been absolutely deplorable. And if you and, and, and you know if you're a championship team that that or at least a team that, that you believe has championship aspirations, you cannot be this bad in halves against the Atlanta Hawks. And that's for a good team, but they're young. When that's where when you talk about uh, we bring it back to Ben Simmons, your number two guy, if you're like a championship caliber team. Your number two guy should be able to help mitigate and minimize the uh, those brutal halves. If your top guys battling with injuries or completely off, that's the whole thing. You have two. You should have two studs, and one of them should be able to stop it on any given night, whichever one it is. And right. if you don't have, if you don't have, like Tobias Harris is going to help out and he's going to be consistent, but he's the third guy. And it, Joel Embiid can stop the bleeding, but not right now, not as consistently at least. Simmons can't do that. And that's where they're coming. <laughs> Right. And I mean, I, you just mentioned Tobias. I mean, Tobias has been absolutely fabulous in this postseason. Like, I can't say anything bad about his postseason play. And remember, I had doubts about him heading into this postseason because of his because of his playoff past. And I mean, he has absolutely been terrific, incredible. Um, pretty much any superlative you want to come up with. Tobias Harris has been great. Like, so like let me ask you this, then. Do you think that if this persists where like something like this happens again with Ben Simmons, where he's just taking one shot and a half and the Sixers are struggling, do you need to see him try and do more? I know it's not ideal to have guys present. I know that was the whole thing with Brett Brown last year. Where he was asking Tobias to do way too friggin' much, but do you think that he, if Simmons can't kind of make up for what's going on with Joel, do you want to see Tobias try and take that extra step forward? Yeah, because he did it in the regular season. When Joel was out for the 10 games after he had the bone bruise in March, uh, Philadelphia went seven and three. 
they went seven and three without without Joel. And a big reason was because Tobias took over. Tobias, Tobias was the one who was, you know, knocking down shots. He was hitting clutch shots. He was um, he was really leading the team in huddles. He was doing like a lot of big things that a, a, an all-star leader should do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if Joel is going to be hobbled the rest of the way and struggle um, at, at times, it won't be all the time because, I mean, this is Joel we're talking about. At some point, he'll bust out of it. But Tobias is probably going to have to kind of take on more of a, a leadership role, more of a scoring role. And, and really, he's done that for the most part. But just like down the stretch of game four, uh, the Sixers were just they, they were out of whack. And and I mean, even at the end of game four, Doc drew up a really great play for Joel. Tobias and Joel ran a pick and roll. Harris drops off a great pass to him and Joel misses a layup. It was a layup. It was an uncontested layup, too. He just totally like he just missed it. And then Hawks grab a rebound. They hit two free throws. They go up three. Seth Curry misses at the buzzer which was only his second three of the second half. Um, <laughs> you, you know, and they end up losing by three. We have a 2-2 series. So I, I don't know if the Sixers are in quote-unquote danger or if they're in quote-unquote, you know, if you need to hit the panic button in this series specifically because I think they win this series. But um, it could go seven games now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, 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 like this thing could go seven. So – We'll have, we'll have to kind of see, man. Sixers are in a weird spot moving forward. It's just in, in like we. I know we're we're focusing focusing specifically on this series, but I cannot help but look at what's you know up what will be up next for them because obviously you have the West West Coast the Western Conference is a total shitstorm. I mean, I know the Suns are running shit right now and everything, but the idea of the Phoenix Suns being the representatives of the Western Conference Finals, uh, the Western Conference in the NBA Finals still blows my friggin' mind. Um, it, it's not there yet, but that, that would be, so for them, if it was them there and then the Nets are having these injury issues, like, to me, it's like the Sixers could win it this year. If the Nets keep, keep it, but now it's just, I cannot help but think about that. But then it's like Embiid knee, Embiid knee. That is just, it's a huge issue right now. Yeah, because the Embiid knee is the story. Like that is, that is the story. Like they're, they're, <laughs> they're like nothing else with this team kind of matters right now outside of Joel's knee because we all know Ben's not going to be aggressive. Yep. It's, 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 it's not who he is. So, I mean, you talk about like, Tobias taking over in the, um, in the regular season. And I, I look, I, I think that he's obviously, you've, you've talked a ton about how impressive he has been this year and how much Doc Rivers has done a better job getting him to do what he does best. Again, that's another guy that Doc's doing it with. And maybe this is more a, a criticism of Ben Simmons, him not being able to kind of take that step forward under Doc, as opposed to a criticism of Doc not being able to get it out of him. But do you think, like, I know when we were talking about this, getting ready for the show, you think that you have some thoughts on how this, the coaching has been in this series. Um, and I'm just curious if you can expand on that a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. There were some confusing moments in game four, just specifically with game four. Um, I believe it was in the fourth quarter, Doc put Shake Milton in, right? And, you know, it was Shake and, I mean, hell, give a ton of credit to Shake Milton, by the way, because, I mean, he was awful in the Washington Wizards series. He was awful <laughs> round one. He was absolutely miserable. But he was huge in game two, scored 14 points off the bench, pretty much saved Philadelphia in game two. Um, and then game three, he was very good. And even in game four, um, I think he had, like, six points to start the fourth, and he was hitting, like, big shots to kind of keep Atlanta at bay a little bit. 
And he and him and Dwight Howard were kind of running the pick and roll, and they were doing really some good things. But then Doc put Furkan Korkmaz back in for a shake. And Korkmaz, again, like if he's not making threes, there's not much he can do out there. Shake at least can provide some defense, run a pick and roll. Furkan, if he puts the ball on the floor, it just looks—it looks terrible. It's just he—he he, he look, he looks like a he looks like a JV kid trying to play with the varsity. Like just whenever he tries to put the ball on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, Ferk. You're you're just you're a spot up shooter. <laughs> yeah, on the floor. That is um, a weird. That's it's a weird move. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Yeah, just it's something that I really got a question, and and I mean, listen, they also got outworked in the second half. So now I don't know if that's a coaching issue like maybe doc just didn't get them ready to go so i don't know if, if that's strictly doc or maybe that's, that's just the players maybe maybe that's more on ben simmons again you know trying to, trying to lead the way but but this is what doc said uh for the second half um we stopped passing i thought we started the game off that way then we got back to the ball movement then we went back to hero basketball basically everybody wanted to be the hero instead of just trusting the team, trusting each other. When you do that, you usually lose, especially when the other team outworks you the whole fucking game. That's what they did today. Yeah. See now the effort stuff, I get like the hero ball that that's just your, I feel like that's trying to put in extra effort, but not necessarily in the right manner. And then it can get really frustrating when that all snowballs and doesn't work out. But when you're talking about effort, like, they, they, there needs to be that little extra bit because of what's going on in beat. And that is something that I worry about with the Sixers too, because it's like this, you can easily, I can easily see Ben Simmons or anybody else on that team. Some guys, not so much like maybe not a Tobias Harris. That doesn't, that's not, doesn't make his style to me, but see it as like, well, we don't have Joel at full strength. He's not going to be at full strength, whether or not he gets told the media or not. I mean, you hear meniscus again, you just know it's going to be an issue for a while until he gets the, the deserved rest and whatever other intention it requires. But when you know that he's got that issue, then it's like, ah, shit, we don't have him. What are we going to do? What, like, how, how are we going like, to, we can win this series. Sure. Yeah. We should, we should still beat the, the Hawks, but what happens after that? Like, are we just wasting our time? I can easily see guys giving up on that. So when you talk about effort, not being there, it's just one game, but if that snowballs, that is it. the Hawks are a team that have to outwork anybody that they play on the floor. They know that, right? And I feel I feel like that's definitely something that that needs to be kind of be looked at and pointed out to for Game Five. Just you need to be able to, you need to be ready for these games. You know what I'm saying? Like this is the NBA playoffs, and this is a moment where the Sixers have literally talked about all season long. You know, they they really have been talking championship goals, championship dreams. This is we are we want a championship and that's what they have been talking literally since day one of training camp warranted absolutely warranted they have shown they have proven themselves plenty this season and but now it's like hey you know what shit made things are going sideways for you guys but it's happening with other people too you don't know what can happen i mean look with the nba i know it's always the the, you know the team with the best player is usually going to win it but injuries are always a, a concern. And right. this year, the injuries have been off the charts. And look at what is happening right now. Kyrie Irving, as much as he's been, you know, taking his sweet ass time throughout the course of the regular season, and same with some of the other guys on that team, he's not going to want to sit out a postseason game unless this team is up three nothing. And even then, I don't think he's necessarily going to want to do that. This isn't, he has an issue, and it may only be a couple games, but he needs that time off. So, like, the the Bucks can easily go and steal that series, and then we've said before you've turned me into a believer when it comes to the Bucks and, and doubting them a hundred percent. The Sixers could still win that too. Who knows if they, even with Embiid at seventy percent? So they could like give up. They could, but I don't think they would. And and it's just because the 
like if Joel's not if Joel Joel I feel like needs to be like 80 85 percent for Philly to beat Milwaukee and 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 that and that's just because it's just like Joel what would be the absolute difference maker when it comes to a playoff series with the Bucks and and you know like like even in game three of the Bucks series with the Nets they got 80 percent of their points out of Giannis and Chris Middleton like like that's that, that's absolutely insane so I feel, I feel like if you match up Milwaukee and Philadelphia, um, obviously Giannis just owns Ben Simmons. He, he owns them every time they match up. Um, ben is a great defender, but Giannis is just one guy. Ben just cannot defend at all. Um, and then, you know, they got all these, all these shooters with Middleton and Holiday and Lopez, Forbes, Connaughton. There, there, there's, a, there's so many shooting and shooting options that the Bucks can throw at you. Well, if you're Philadelphia, and especially with the Danny Green injury too, like we we can't like, yeah, like 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 if Danny Green's not healthy, he's another one. They missed Danny Green on Monday night. Now now not having Danny Green was not the reason why the Sixers lost that game. Sixers lost that game because they got soft. I feel like in the second half, they just they got soft. But having a guy like Danny Green as as a as the veteran and kind of keeping keeping these guys kind of in shape and keeping them all on the same page they definitely <laughs> did miss that like as a as a veteran leader i mean look you say that they didn't like they should they should have been able to win without danny green because they were off 18 right but if danny green was there they that could have absolutely made all the difference in the end because it's just three points that they needed and uh, or i guess four points technically um that they needed to end up coming out on top of that one. And you said it yourself. That is a veteran, is a veteran champion, right? So, I mean, like that, champ. that, that guy has been around. He's seen it. He knows what it takes. He knows how to get through the shit because you don't get to the NBA. Like, you don't win an NBA title without dealing with a, some semblance of adversity, even if it's just minor. But, yeah, so and, so he knows. And uh, and not having that is going to be – I'm totally overlooking that in the course of all. Totally forgot about it. It's two to three weeks, right, for him? Yeah, roughly two to three weeks, and probably and possibly longer, depending on how 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 he recovers from the injury. I mean, it's a right calf strain. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, but like, like like calf strains are, are just as weird as as hamstring injuries. You know what I'm saying? Like you need to kind of like a calf strain's ugly cousin is an Achilles injury. I'm pretty sure. So like it's yeah, not, right. You're right near it. You're it's not far. So like I, yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. That is a, I forgot about that in the course of all. That is a brutal one. As yeah, well. I mean, I mean, listen, like, 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 not having Danny Green is it, that one's tough as well, man. And all right, so looking forward, I still have Philadelphia winning this series in six games. Like, I feel like I feel like they win Game Five, and I feel like they win a close one in Game Six. Mm-hmm. But that hinges on Joel. If Joel is healthy and back at his dominant form, then yeah, Sixers and six. If Joel is still hobbling and looking as awful as he did in the second half of game four, then I still think the Sixers can get this done, but they would have to do it at home in game seven. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm going to stick by what I've said in all this, that when if Embiid's knee is an issue, which I'm, I was at the start of the series was going to assume it was going to be a serious problem. Um, I, I don't think the Sixers are going to win this series because if he's, I know Embiid is not somebody who feels the need to be private and he's going to say what's on his mind and all that stuff. And I, for something like this, I actually value that a ton. When he has to say that the knee is bothering him, that tells me that it is a, like a legit, like, it's not just like, Oh, it's kind of off and on whatever. No, it is a fucking problem. If you got to bring it up. And so, I, I mean, 
like it's I, I, so I don't think I still I it's still going to be a seven game series. I still think Embiid at least has one more good game in him where his his knee's going to be fine. Probably going to I I okay I will say this whoever wins game five is winning the series. How do you like that? That that that's not you're honestly probably not wrong. I think but what is it when the team when the series is tied two two the winner of game five. <laughs> Goes on to win like 78, 80% of the time. Is that what it is? Okay. So that you go, I didn't even realize that at the, at the moment, but that's, I don't think that's necessarily a bold take, but I still think it's going to be a seven game series, no matter what, because Embiid's knee is going to be an issue. It, it is. Yeah. An issue. I mean, listen, it's definitely, it's definitely going to be something to watch uh, moving forward. And, and I hate it that it's the case though, man. That sucks. I know because Joel has been absolutely terrific, dominant yeah. all season long. MVP finalists, you know, just ended up losing out to Nikola Jokic, but with him with him if he was again these are all ifs but if he's at full strength and the the nets only have two of their guys i understand what you said that you're still taking the nets but it it changes the dynamic of that series immensely if Embiid is fully healthy and they they're down one of their three i hear you but ben simmons is still philadelphia's number two you're right and it's still in that's still an if it doesn't like the the sixers fans can't i can't waste their time anymore on that because it's just not going to happen because Embiid's where he's at the rest of the way yeah, just, just, just I, feel, I feel like, again, though, I mean, again, if you're going to rely on Ben Simmons to have to step up and, and, and score that that many points, it, it's crazy. You know, like I, I was talking about this with, with a colleague of mine, you know, and um, why are the, why do the Sixers have to rely on, on Shake Milton to rely to bring offense at the point guard spot, you know, or, or, or even Tyrese Maxey? You, you shouldn't be relying on, on, on Maxey and Milton. You should be turning to Simmons and be like, nope. listen, man, like, go out there and get it done. And Doc even said it after game three at halftime. He told Ben, yo, get aggressive. We like, we are going to post you up. We are going to feature you. Go score. Doc said that after game three. And that's why Ben was able to score 14 points. He said that was the adjustment at halftime of game three. So and then in game four, Joel is struggling and you come out and take one freaking shot. One shot. It just, it's unacceptable. It's inexcusable. Um, I understand. I, and, and listen, I think Ben is a top 20 player for everybody coming at me. I think Ben <laughs> is a top 20 player. Um, but yeah, cause I can see it coming. Ben is a top 20 player. He does so many great things for this team, but when the other half of the all-star duo is struggling, you've got to step up and provide offense. You have to, it's mm-hmm. inexcusable if you take one shot. I'll tell you what I we don't know. I know we we don't exactly know the the full breadth of the the Harden sweepstakes when it came with the Sixers and the Nets and you know Ben Simmons for Harden. But if you if the Sixers had James Harden right now, this conversation is much much different. This series has a much different outlook. Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, just you know, Rockets owner Tillman Fertitta getting a little petty when it comes to Daryl Morey and then the Sixers. But I mean, listen, it just it is what it is. Um, yep. A lot of ifs I'm throwing out there, but it's, it's just, you can't, I can't help but think about that stuff. Yeah, of course. I mean, listen, that, that's sports sometimes, man. When you, you, you think about the ifs, you really do kind of think about the ifs a lot of the time. So, yeah. All right, Nick, tell everybody where they can follow, follow your work at, man. You can find me at Nick underscore Fryer on Twitter and read all the stuff that I'm uh, talking about over on uh, DK playbook. DK playbook, man. All right, real quick. I got one bet for you. I got a betting question for you real quick. Oh, okay. Now, listen, apparently the Brooklyn Nets are plus four tonight or plus three tonight. Uh, mm. What would you say to a better? Do you think they should take the Nets tonight? Um, okay. Well, it's going to, you, you got to wait till you know exactly what's going on with James Harden in this. And even then, man, it's like, it's a hamstring thing. You're going to have to, Steve Nash is going to have to manage it because you're still trying to plan for the long haul. So I'm sorry, the Nets are minus four or plus four? They're plus four, right? 
plus four. Yeah, I still think um, I like my gut right now still says that I'm gonna I would go bucks uh, I would go bucks minus four in this. That's very interesting. Very interesting. Everybody out there, li- listen to this man. This man is an absolute professional. Real quick, I want to give everybody out there this who reads Sixers Wire. Thank you. We have actually just reached a million views for June, and we are uh, halfway through this month. Jesus, dude, you're so, a freaking machine. So I want to again just thank you guys for showing support to Sixers Wire, listening to the Bell Ringer podcast. You guys have been great. Um, this season has been draining, but it's also been very rewarding for me uh, this season. I just got back from Atlanta. Atlanta was a very cool city, although I am upset that I have to go back for game six on Friday. Uh, I, was, I was hoping to kind of begin get ready for the Eastern Conference Finals, but it is what it is. So <laughs> for Nick Fryer, I'm Kai Carlin. We're out. We'll see you guys next time on the Bell Ringer.